Hi, I'm Gianna Volpe, and thank you for listening to The Heart of the East End on WLIWFM, the show where we get to the heart of any matter at hand with folks from all walks of life on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. We stream online at WLIW.org radio and welcome your comments, questions, and collaborations of all kinds on The Heart of the East End. Live in the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York, I'm Gianna Volpe with local news on Long Island's only NPR radio station. A man who accosted U.S. Congressman Lee Zeldin on stage as the Republican campaign for governor will remain in custody while a federal judge considers his lawyer's plea to release the Army veteran, who he said was in an alcoholic relapse. As reported by the Associated Press, David Jacobonis, 43, faces a federal count of assaulting a member of Congress with a dangerous weapon for the July 21 attack in the Rochester area. The charge carries a potential maximum penalty of 10 years in prison. At a detention hearing yesterday, Assistant U.S. Attorney Sean Eldridge argued Jacobonis should be held as a danger to the community because he lunged at a congressman with a dangerous weapon. Quote, to characterize what happened to Congressman Zeldin that day as a close call is an understatement, Eldridge said. A video of the attack shows Jacobonis raised his arm toward Zeldin while holding a keychain with two sharp points. You're done, Jacobonis said four times as he approached Zeldin, who grabbed Jacobonis's wrist and the two tussled to the ground as others jumped in to help. Zeldin suffered a minor scrape. Jack Kubonis's attorney, federal public defender Stephen Slawinski, said uh, Jack Kubonis had been receiving treatment for substance abuse and mental health counseling from the VA when he relapsed and started drinking the day of Zeldin's rally, which was near the defendant's house. Jack Kubonis was being treated for PTSD and anxiety after four years of service in the Army, including a deployment to Iraq where he received the Bronze Star. star. Slowinski said when he returned from Iraq, his wife died from a brain condition and he relinquished custody of his children, his attorney said. Judge Marion Payson said she would make a detention decision after considering whether Jackie Bonus's actions last week were aberrant behavior and whether there was enough support in place should he be released from jail. She said she wanted to review Jackie Bonus's mental health history. Pesa did not say when uh, she would rule on the government's request for detention. A status hearing is scheduled for August 24th. Turning our attention to the water, a team from Hofstra University is working this summer with local Latino groups on ways to improve a national campaign to educate Spanish speakers about dangerous and deadly beach rip currents. John Valenti reports on Newsday.com that Hofstra University professor Jace Bernhardt Director of Sustainability Studies in the Department of of Geology, Environment, and Sustainability, and Spanish-speaking students Lucas Blocker and Elisa Cano found warnings in a National Oceanic and and Atmospheric Administration Spanish language campaign on rip current safety don't always translate as promised. Sometimes words don't translate well because of differences in dialect, idioms, or even generational use. The Hofstra team's work is part of a two-year award from New York Sea Grant, a state and federally funded grant organization whose goal is the informed stewardship of coastal resources. The headline on NOAA's English language version reads, Rip Currents, 
The Spanish version reads Corrientes de uh, Risaca. Online searches for translation of Risaca yield undertow, pull, and undercurrent backlash, reaction, and jetsam. But the most common translation on Google Translate is hangover, as Nellie Romero, member support coordinator the Long Beach Latino Civic Association said, Rosaka is a very common word, but with different meanings depending on where you're from. Come from a place where there's no ocean or water and you might not know the word, at least as it's used here. It's like when you talk about the weather and say El Nino. You know that it's not a baby, it's something else. Working with Bernhardt, the Long Beach Latino Civic Association will conduct a focus group this week to see how the translations might be improved. NOAA and the National Weather Service estimate that about 100 bathers, swimmers, and other beachgoers in the U.S. die annually from rip currents. Uh, Just a little note for those who don't know what I'm talking about. Rip currents are narrow channels of fast-moving water that pull swimmers away from shore, sometimes faster than the speed of an Olympic swimmer. The best way to escape from a rip current is to swim out of it to either side, then back toward shore, or to let it pull you into deeper water than swim back on either side of the rip channel. A rip current can pull you away from shore at a rate of 8 feet per second. Trying to fight that force can be exhausting, which leads to drowning. Most rip currents are found at ocean beaches where the tidal pull creates treacherous surf conditions. As of July 27th, 31 deaths had been attributed to rip currents nationally, including a 31-year-old man in Montauk earlier this month. And finally, water providers are urging residents across Long Island to conserve as the region experiences a stretch of unusually hot weather with lower-than-average rainfall. Pierre Chenise reports on Newsday.com that yesterday, the Suffolk County Water Authority declared a water emergency in Southampton Village and asked residents not to irrigate their lawns between midnight and 7 a.m., eliminate non-essential water use, and reduce shower times. The SCWA also is asking the 1.2 million customers in its service area not to run lawn irrigation systems between 3 a.m. and 7 a.m. and to water their lawns no more than every other day. Quote, anytime we have these long, protracted hot spells with no rain, the demand on the water system grows and grows as the days go on. That's Joseph Bacorny, the Suffolk County Water Authority's deputy CEO for operations, who told Newsday, quote, everything that we have is running during these peak periods. And, quote, providers stress that while Long Island has an abundance of groundwater, the problem lies in the large number of wells and the infrastructure necessary to pump and treat water to meet water standards. Also, sufficient water supply is required for essential services like firefighting. Water usage is heaviest in the early mornings when residents run lawn irrigation systems, according to officials. Reading the weather here in Southampton in honor of our first guest this morning, Christina Strasfield, curator of the Southampton Arts Center's incoming exhibition, Figures Transformed. Looking like mostly sunny today with a high near 82 degrees. Northwest winds 6 to 14 miles per hour becoming southwest in the afternoon. Looking like showers likely tonight, mainly between 11 p.m. and 5 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low around 68 degrees. Southwest winds 6 to 9 miles per hour. Right now it's 80 degrees. I built uh, this entire playlist around D.C. Benny's uh, request for the far sides passing me by. So, uh, starting out with Carrie Carney Band.
passing or dying eyes and Rocky Vadalato's White Daisy Passing. Most of the rest of this playlist are songs I've never heard before, actually. There are quite a few that I do know, uh, but that I found just making this playlist for you. Music from all decades and genres, interviews with folks from all walks of life, all morning and midnight long on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. You're listening to The Heart.
Just a little note about tonight. Between 6 and 9, the Paint Old Whalers benefit with the Hoodoo Loungers. Of course, at Old Whalers Church. There's a decent way to flirt, right? If I'm not forward, I can't possibly get hurt, right? I never trusted the idea of love at first sight, so I settle down. Is it weird I want to be with you at midnight? I think you look especially lovely in the moonlight. What am I saying? I can't even get my words right when you're around. Cause smiles are my weakness and I think yours is the prettiest. And you show it quite a bit when I'm with you. It's almost entertaining how we're searching for the same thing. Yes, I meant it when I said that you were pretty We never knew each other well and it's a pity Sometimes I wonder if you knew here 1950 I come in line I had
had a chance to tell the truth and still I hid it And I'm too much of a coward to admit it But I'd totally be down if you were interested in hanging out sometime Cause smiles are my weakness and I think yours is the prettiest And you show it quite a bit when I'm with you it's almost entertaining how we're searching for... I'm going to go grab Christina Strasfield. But just so you know, we'll be moving from Egg to Elliot Smith here on WLIWFM. It's 5 a.m. I'm in my room. I don't intend on telling you that I haven't slept. Because I've been writing this all night. Your picture staring from the shelf. You have me questioning myself What's gotten into me? I thought I was alright Smiles are my weakness And I think yours is the prettiest I wish I wouldn't be so shy around you And I never expected myself to be so affected after so much time and feeling fine without you Passing papers is a decent way to flirt, right? If I'm not forward, I can't possibly get hurt, right? I never trusted the idea of love at first sight So settle down Settle down with me, Christina Strasfield, in the studio this morning You haven't even sat down yet, but I figured... Why not at least just say hello to you? I'm so happy that you're here with me in person. I know. It's a real pleasure. It's, it's an amazing <laughs> thing that we can get together in person out safely, of course. Without what, a doubt. You know, and just a little note to those who are coming to the opening of Figures Transformed at Southampton Arts Center tomorrow. You must be vaccinated or have a negative COVID test. To require entry? Absolutely. And it's just a wonderful precaution because we don't want to have anything negative happen to anyone. Right? Yes. Be positive. Stay negative. <laughs> it's the only time I'm going to say. I like that. I like that. I one. got that from Dr. Dr. Mikolos, Dr. Oh, Peter Mikolos. Peter, yes. So, so first of all, tell me, I'm used to seeing you over at Guildhall with yeah. love to Guildhall. We're raving at you. Thank you. Um, but, but you're curating this new exhibit at... Southampton Arts Center. So tell me everything, how it came to be, and what we can expect tomorrow. Well, thank you. Um, thanks for having me, number one. But I'm so excited because um, Tom Dunn approached me um, and said that um, they were interested in having an exhibition with Elizabeth Strong Cuevas, who I've known for over 30 years and have curated several of her shows. And um, they wanted to create a, a show sort of around hers, perhaps a three-person show. That, is that the artist that you were posting the other morning? Uh, let me see. Let me see. Uh, what's the name again? Strong Cuevas. Okay. I think I might have been posting Deborah But oh, oh, no, I did post some um, prints of hers, so beautiful drawings. Yeah, maybe. 
beautiful. They're beautiful, yes, absolutely. So I'm looking at her sculptures? She also did sculptures, and okay. I, post, I think I might have posted them, or I'm going to post them later. <laughs> but she's an amazing artist. She's 93 years old, and I was really looking forward to it. Then we wanted to find two other artists that would work with her work, and immediately the idea came to me that we're going to approach it from the figurative aspect. So I then decided to use Hal Buckner, who's an amazing artist, again, someone who I had done a show with, who has fantastic figurative work, sculptural pieces that go on the wall. So a little bit different. Then the third gallery was another artist that I wanted to find. And I felt like we had we had uh, three-dimensional sculptures, we had sort of two-dimensional sculptures, and I wanted to have something a little bit different. So I've been watching this artist, Deborah Buck, for about six years and really fell in love with her work. She has very vibrant colors, sort I think of a little she's bit the... surrealist, sort yes. of a little bit uh, mysterious. They're anthropomorphic. And I felt, wow, um, she deserves to have a show. Oh, wow. And she deserves to have a show with these wonderful other artists. I agree. Because I think their works will play off of each other really, really well. Deborah Buck is the is the artist that I was I saw her work on your Facebook the other day, and I was really uh, taken by them. I love your uh, comprehensive approach to looking at the show that you want to make sure that it's it's well balanced in a way. Absolutely, you have three amazing rooms in that building. I mean, it's such a gorgeous building structurally. The spaces are wonderful. You have and they're depth, different. They're different. And you have to approach it in that way. So mm. that's a really good point. But I felt like, you know, each one of them, I wanted to give them the perfect showcase. Mm. And I think... I think I did it. <laughs> I, I, I think I really came together. Each one has a wonderful section. And as you go from one section to the next room to the next room, I think there's a wonderful flow and energy to the whole building. What did you do with the long room that, that's like a, a walkway? Right. The long room, The well, there's two rooms. The, the, lo, the first one, you walk into the reception It's like area. a recta it's rectangle. Rectangle. Then the next one what, is... Well, they're all rectangles, the, but... but it's true. But, but, <laughs> although the... the, the I guess the last room you could kind of say is like a hectagon or something. It's but actually, it is a rectangle going the other way. It's true. Almost. There's, there's just that little entry that's a little right. bit of a rectangle. Yeah. Um, octagon. Um, well, the first room is sort of a reception room. I have works by each of the artists in that room. Sort of give you a little introduction okay. of all three of their work. You can just sit around for a minute and look at them, compare, contrast. And then you get to go into Hal Buckner's room and look at his work. And one of the key things in his room is he's done an interpretation of Michelangelo's the Sistine ceiling, the chapel. Whoa. And so when you go there, I think people are going to get really blown away because the figures are from floor to ceiling and the angels look like they're coming right at you and coming into your space. And um, there's there's something very interesting about it. And I want everyone to come and take a look and they're going to be surprised. But there's a wonderful element to his work where he really empowers women because all of the images are of women. That's an important topic for in, uh, this time. Um, although, you know, I would argue that uh, us women are always kind of important. Absolutely. Number one. And, and go ahead. And then you go into Deborah Buck's room, uh, which is that high key color. Yeah. Um, she's very much influenced by, she knows art history, so Egyptian art, uh, um, all sorts of fauvism, expressionism, and they're multi-layered, multi-meaning, and I think each person's going to bring their own interpretation to them, which I love, and a great energy. So you go from one room, which is a little bit more low-key, then to this room, which is really high-key energy, high-key color, uh, wonderful dark outlines, which emanate 
and really sort of reflect what Hal was doing. And then you go into the final gallery, which is Elizabeth's gallery, and you're going to see these massive figurative heads, uh, which is basically her her whole style of working. Right, right, right. And I'm they're looking. in aluminum, they're in bronze, they're in stainless steel. And some of them are monu- quite monumental, so that you're going to be really surprised. And there's wonderful patinas to the bronze pieces. And she's used that face over and over again, but completely different in each one of these interpretations. And her idea is thought travels and mind travels and people having that connection with one another. So I think all three of them are such a wonderful group of artists. Their interpretation, their theories, their knowledge of art is really something that I think the audience will engage in. I'm already excited. I can already see it. You had fun putting this together, huh? I had so much fun together. Um, yesterday, when, when the angel was put up, um, they were looking at me, and they were like, your face was glowing. And I was like, I was so happy because it really was the way I had envisioned the show to be. And that's such a wonderful feeling. You know, uh, I, 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 could do it, I could do it blindfolded at Guildhall because I've done it so many times. But this is a new space for me. But I had envisioned it, and I talked to the artists of what I wanted and how I, I saw it coming together, and it really did come together exactly in that way. So we're going to return we're going to return to the uh, opening reception which is tomorrow which we're really excited uh the hosts here at WLIWFM because we're going to be joining you guys so wonderful I can't wait so if you if you want to see the work and say hi to us uh 5 to 7 tomorrow 5 to 7 p.m. yes that's right we'll all be there with with bells on um but I want to talk to you Christina because you know there's that that uh age-old expression, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And that just emanates from you. So I would love to know a little bit more about how you got into what you do. Ah, that's a long story. Where it all started. (laughs) But what happened was when I was very little, um, my mother was working as a dressmaker for this, um, this establishment. And the woman had a daughter who had a granddaughter who was a year older than I. And she was a teacher, and she would take us to the Metropolitan Museum of Art when we were little. So I was maybe about five years old. And she would tell us the most amazing stories about the artist and the art history, and I fell in love with it. And at that point, I said, I want to work in a museum. So when I was in high school, I took art classes at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I then did an internship at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Um, and then I, I had applied to, when I was at Queens College, I was an undergraduate for art history and anthropology and graduate uh, degree in, in art history. Um, I worked for the Brooklyn Museum during internships, the Art Commission at City Hall, um, and then got the full-time job at the Metropolitan, which was wonderful. Oh, my was gosh. there for five years. And then decided we wanted to change our life a little bit and come out here. Got the job in 1987 to be at Guild Hall as the associate curator and registrar. Followed that through two years later, becoming the curator. Stayed till I had the twins, which was 96. Took six years off to raise the twins and my other daughter, my daughter Zoe. And then came back in 2002. And so it's been a wonderful, long run and doing what I love. Start them young. That's what Start I hear. Young. Absolutely. Start them young. Ignite passion, and you know, uh, allow your kids to follow that passion. Absolutely. Let them choose what they want to do. Um, right. You know, we're always trying to steer people, but they really have to choose what they want, what their passion is, and really foster it. Yeah. And encourage them every step along the way, and do it. So let's. We'll return to tomorrow which I'm very excited. So have people gotten a chance to peek in quite yet? Today's Thursday, so 
uh, I know it, it, SAC opens. Are people able to, to sneak in or not yet? No, not yet. They're <gasps> going to sneak in on Saturday morning before the open. The opening is from four, 5 to 7, but yeah. the galleries are going to be open earlier. So people could get a sneak peek a little I thought early. it was Thursday for a second. <laughs> no. Hey, guys, no. it's the weekend. <laughs> it's the weekend already. Yes. All right, so, so tomorrow, tomorrow morning people can people can pop pee. in yes and um i think they'll be so pleasantly surprised but if you get there at five o'clock the artists are all going to be there so yeah. what a wonderful opportunity to meet them to greet them to ask them questions and we're going to be doing some other wonderful things there's going to be Tell a us. panel discussion uh that's going to be sunday august 21st at 4 p.m i'm going to be leading a curator-led tour on august 13th at 11 a.m and there's going to be two wonderful screenings of lana joquel's film one on hal buckner and on on, one on Elizabeth Strong Pavis, and that's going to be Sunday, August 7th at 5, 5 p.m. And you can register for any of them or all of them and come and learn about these wonderful artists and what they've done so and excited. what they're going to do. So excited. And then just, just to remind us, are, are these all East End artists? They're all East End artists. <gasps> Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. We've stayed true to that mission, and I love it. Because each one of them has you know worked elsewhere but has come back to the East End and made this their home. And... Um, they, they, they're so deserving of international attention, and I hope that someday it all comes to be. Oh, oh, I can definitely see that happening, having seen their work. Uh, Christina, uh, before before we let you go, which we hate to do so, uh, can you talk a little bit about this area as far as uh, the luxury that we have as far as artists? I mean, you cannot – you can't throw a stone, and don't throw stones at artists, please. <laughs> but we are so lucky out here with that how many incredibly talented artists we have. That's so, so true. I think from the under-recognized artists to the internationally revered artists, they're all out here. Uh, as part of Guildhall's mission, we work with artists of the area. And people will always say to me, do you find that difficult? I said, absolutely not. I could go on for another hundred years and there's always going to be other artists that right. I would like to work with. Yeah. And we are so lucky. Um, maybe if we lived in an area where, you know, the artist was sort of not as sophisticated, maybe I'd feel a little differently. But out here, I keep discovering, you know, new new artists, younger artists, mid-career artists, Amazing. older people who just, you know, did a different career, but were oh, passionate about their art. And, you know, they show me and I'm like, where have you been? Right. You know, you deserve, you know, a attention and 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 that's such a wonderful thing to be able to do and to share that you know with the with the with the whole community you're still involved with guild hall right of course, yes. so so and and it's all about off-site programming yes. we'll give a, li a little hit to them uh, before Perfect. we let you go uh, what's going on that you're excited about well we are we just opened a week ago the um now here collective which okay. is showing at the amagansett life um uh, life-saving station in amagansett interesting and that was a great we had a wonderful opening and this weekend actually on sunday uh from six to eight um the artist um Tone alice hope and Bastian Schmidt, uh, Tony Ross won't be able to make it, are going to be giving individual tours so you can walk around the facilities and see what their installations are all about. And so I really encourage people to come. It's a, it's probably one of the most beautiful spots because you're right by the ocean and you can hear the ocean roaring. And these artists have interpreted the life-saving station uh, and their feelings towards it. And it, it creates a, an amazing environment. It really, everyone who's come has been blown away by it. You know, so we, we uh, inadvertently planned your weekend for you this morning. You've got the paint, <laughs> paint old whalers benefit tonight. 
uh, at Old Whalers Church. We've got the opening of Figures Transformed tomorrow uh, at 5 o'clock. And then we have this event on Sunday at the Amagansett Life Saving Station. From 6 to 8. Christina. Now, is it Christina Mosades Strasfield? Yes, that's right. My <gasps> full name. You said it perfectly, Oh, Tiana. my gosh. <laughs> oh, that Thank makes you, up That makes up for all of, the, <laughs> all of the frustrating moments of the week. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Christina Mosades Strasfield. This is Elliot Smith and you, whoever you are out there. You are awesome. And you just heard the Friday morning tea underwritten by Village Overhead Doors here on Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Playing Elliot Smith's From a Basement on the Hill record from a studio on the Hill Street 
here in Southampton. Uh, I should have prioritized this next track a little higher. It might have been perfect to have Gordon Lightfoot's title track from his 1985 record, A Painter, passing through before or after uh, Christina's interview. But hey, it's close enough. David Houston on deck from the new voice from Nashville record.
I shivered next to Washington one night at Valley Forge. Why do men suffer like they do? Man will suffer, man will fight, even die for what is right, even though they know they're only passing through. David Houston, or Houston, if they pronounce it like the street, uh, just passing by, outgoing, Hikik Komari's 2017 record, I'm sorry, I wanted to be normal, I promise, just passing by is the name of the track, to play uh, the title track of Don Carlos's 1984 record, Just a Passing Glance. Drusso's Passing Breeze from the Being Broke as a New Trend, 2017. The Berries on deck after that. The Passing Scene. And Zach Clark, Passing Slow, here on WLI WFM. Just a passing glance. Was all I had A first of a wine face Just a passing glance Was all I had Oh yes Just a passing touch Of freedom I felt Moving in my soul And it gives me the feeling That I'm gonna be free Oh yes The people did rejoice Was 
Just a passing touch of freedom I felt moving in my soul. And it gives me the feeling that I'm gonna be free. Oh yes, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yes. Just a passing glance was all I had. I crossed a far face. Just a passing glance was all I had. Oh yes, just a passing touch of freedom I felt moving in my soul, and it gives me the feeling that I'm gonna be free. Oh yes, the people did rejoice to hear of the Father's words. I think with him in the side. Was like a thousand years. It was a passing glance. That's all I had. I crossed the far face. It was a passing glance. That's all I had. Oh yes. Just a passing touch of freedom I felt moving in my soul, and it gives me the feeling that I'm gonna be free. Oh yes. So free, so free, so free.
little passing breeze by Druso, and a little passing scene by the Berries on the Berryland record of 2019. I love these guys. I'd never heard them before. If we've got the time, Zach Clark will lead us into the NPR News break with Passing Slow. I'm Gianna Volpe. You're on the hearts on WLIWFM. My favorite band I'd never heard before putting together this playlist this morning, The Berries. Zach Clark leading you into the NPR news break with Passing Slow from the I Am A Guest record of 2015. I'm Gianna Volpe. And you, whoever you are, you're awesome. You're listening to WLIWFM. 
With Long Island local news, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. The Long Island Water Conference, which represents some 50 water providers in the Nassau Suffolk region, is urging residents to shorten lawn irrigation cycles by five minutes. The conference also says residents should check their irrigation systems for leaks and install smart controllers that shut off systems when rain is in the forecast. Vera Chinise reports on Newsday.com that yesterday, the Suffolk County Water Authority declared a water emergency in Southampton Village and asked residents not to irrigate their lawns between midnight and 7 a.m. to limit non-essential water use and reduce shower times. South Fork customers typically put the most stress on SCWA supplies in the summer. Joseph Picorni, the Suffolk County Water Authority's Deputy CEO for Operations told Newsday in the year period from July 1st of last year to June 30th, the biggest water users in the service area were two homes on Meadow Lane in Southampton Village that used more than 16 million and 9 million gallons respectively. OMG. The typical Water Authority customer uses an average of 135,000 gallons per year. Just to uh, compare, Long Island is experiencing an unusually dry summer. In June, 2.81 inches of rain fell at Long Island MacArthur Airport in Islip compared with the four-inch average for the month, according to the National Weather Service. In political news, Vice President Kamala Harris headlined a Hamptons fundraiser last night, telling Democrats in attendance that the conservative-leaning Supreme Court's reversal of Roe demonstrated there is so much at stake in the upcoming midterm elections. Laura Figueroa Hernandez reports on Newsday.com that Harris, speaking to an audience of 55 supporters, gathered for a Democratic National Committee fundraising reception at the Watermill Estate of Dennis and Karen Mejial, saying, uh, We are in a situation where those things that we thought were settled are increasingly unsettled. Vice President, who has been meeting with state and local lawmakers across the country looking to preserve access to abortion services, told the gathering, elections matter. Harris also touched upon the May 14 mass shooting at a Buffalo supermarket where 10 black New Yorkers were killed and three injured, saying a federal assault weapons ban is still needed. Quote, we believe that all communities should be able to exist in a way where they live without fear, Harris said. Her appearance on Long Island followed a visit earlier in the day to Brooklyn's Bedford-Stuyvesant Res uh, neighborhood, where she touted the Biden administration's plan to boost economic investment in underserved communities. The vice president told those on hand at the Watermill fundraiser that the country was confronting a duality of democracy. Quote, while there is strength, it coexists with a definite amount of fragility. Uh, the vice president said last evening. And finally, New York voters who dislike the Democrat or Republican candidates for governor have traditionally been able to cast their ballots for a long shot candidate from any 
number of so-called third parties. Jay Root in the New York Times reports that there are the perennials like the Green and Libertarian parties and the occasional like the Sapien Party in 2014 or the Serve America movement four years later in 2010 was a banner year that featured candidates from the Freedom Party, the Anti-Prohibition Party, and (laughs) memorably the Rent is Too Damn High Party. But this year... For the first time in over 75 years, the state ballot appears destined to offer only two choices. Governor Kathy Hochul, a Democrat, and Representative Lee Zeldin, a Republican. The paucity of options is largely due to former Governor Andrew Cuomo, who championed changes in election law two years ago that made it far more difficult for third parties to get on the ballot. The changes to ballot access law tripled the number of voter signatures required for groups to get on the November ballot and forced political parties to qualify every two years instead of four. The steep climb to get on the ballot has prompted legal challenges, including one being heard this week in state Supreme Court in Albany in a lawsuit filed by the Libertarian Party. The party's nominee for Governor Larry Sharp argued that the rules are so tough Uh, that only the entrenched and connected can earn the right to appear on a ballot in New York. But even mainstream candidates have had their problems. Congressman Zeldin and Governor Hochul will each appear on two party lines. Hochul will also run on the Working Families Party line, and Zeldin will run for the Conservative Party. But Zeldin, an underdog in the race, wanted his name under a third party and gathered petitions for the Independence Party line. The State Board of Elections invalidated Uh, his application on July 12 after a challenge from the Libertarians and others. An investigation revealed such a high volume of flawed petitions with duplicates carefully ensconced amid hundreds of otherwise valid pages that critics say it's hard to imagine it was an accident. The Zeldin campaign attributed the flawed petition to mistakes made by an entirely grassroots effort. The Libertarian Party was one of at least seven Small political parties that failed to get on the ballot this year after the onerous new ballot access law went into effect. Looking at the weather in South Hold in honor of our next guests, comedians D.C. Benny and Andrew Kennedy looking like a mostly sunny Friday with a high near 85 degrees. Southwest wind 6 to 11 miles per hour. Tonight showers likely mainly between 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. Uh, So you don't even need to water your lawn tonight. Mostly cloudy otherwise with a low around 68 degrees. Southwest wind 5 to 8 miles per hour becoming northwest after midnight. Right now it's 81 degrees. Uh, We built this entire playlist around D.C. Benny's request for uh, the far sides passing me by. Um, So we're going to get down to the bottom of the hour and to that track with Bad Company, Heffern Drive, and The Who. And we will be passing time until Benny and uh, Andrew join us. I'm Gianna Volpe. And you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, uh, the heart of the East End, the morning and midnight show, recorded live Monday through Friday, 9 to 11, uh, in the WLIWFM studio in Southampton Village. You can hear us on the 88.3 section of your FM dial, of course, 96.9 in central and western Suffolk or corresponding sections of Connecticut, streaming online to wherever you are at WLIW.org slash radio.
chest and tore it open, open. You saw my heart inside the mess, said it's not broken, broken. Cause I lost my way inside the truth, watching moments slipping through my hands, kept getting emptier each day. Shook me awake, the fire grew, you fed the flames, it burned until the walls let in the light. Cause we're all passing time. We're looking for the rush that makes us feel alive. Living through the moments, trapped inside a light. I need you here tonight. Show me there's more to life. We're not passing time. We've got DC Benny's request passing me by on deck after the live version of the Whose Time is Passing from 1971 at the Young Vic in London. The glass sets up a sound like people laughing. The 
it's going to my brain and it's easing all my pain i must hear the sound again because time is passing Play a song that probably be uh, released as a single pretty shortly. It's a bit uh, untypical of the older Who single, but it's one we just feel somehow right about. You know, this is me hoping that when iTunes says this is the clean version of the track, they mean it. <laughs> the far side's passing me by here on the heart of the East End. DC Benny and Andrew Kennedy joining us for the Hot Sound segment underwritten by Sag Harbor Cinema. 
in just a few minutes here on Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. I think of me and Shelly. See, she's my type of hype, and I can't stand when brothers tell me that I should quit chasing and look for something better. But the smile that she shows makes me a go-getter. I haven't gone as far as asking if I could get with her. I just play love by ear and hope she gets the picture. I'm shooting for her heart, got my finger on the trigger. She can be my broad, and I can be her. And I can be her. All I can do is stay up. Back as kids, we used to kiss when we played truth the day. Now she's more sophisticated, highly educated, not at all overrated. I think I need a prayer to get in a book, and it looks rather dry. I guess a twinkle in her eye is just a twinkle in her eye. Although she's crazy stepping, I'll try and stop the stride, because I won't have no more of this pass to be fine. Time for me to voice my opinion, can be pretending she didn't have me. Sprung like a chicken, chasing my tail like a doggy. She was kind of like a star, singing I was like a fan. Damn, she looked good. Downside, she had a man. He was a Rudy, too. A Nick and Poop. She told me soon you little birdies on the father coop. She was a flake like corn, and I was born not to understand. But letting the past, I proved to be a better man. I wasn't such a wimp Cause then I would let you know That I love you so And if I was your man Then I would be true The only lying I would do Is in the bed with you Then I signed to Chilly The one who loves you dearly P.S. love me tender But the letter came back Three days later Return to sender
taking it back to 92 ahead of this Friday's Hot Sounds segment, underwritten by SAG Harbor Cinema. DC Benny's request for the Far Sides passing me by. Unbelievably, definitely the coolest request I've had yet. Very excited to have both DC, DC Benny and Andrew Kennedy on the line. Or is it? Oh, yes, maybe. Is that you? Benny? Hello there. Oh, hello. Hello, hello. La, la, la. Um, Benny, thank you for requesting that track. Okay. Hey, listen, I'm sorry. I was trying to get on this call, but it wasn't, uh, it kept hanging up on me. You know, it's one of those weird weeks in the universe. I don't know if that stuff is real, but there's been all sorts of strange things afoot. Grateful to have you on with us. Yeah, I think that's all right. Unbelievably grateful. Well, I'm glad to uh, God. Glad to be on with you guys this morning. I, I see Andrew's here. I hope you guys have been cozy. Heck yeah! yeah. <laughs> I I listened to the menu and eventually got to punching in the code. But yeah, I was on hold for a little bit. Listened to music. It was all good. It's we have an issue. We have an issue with that menu because it's it's like a, a good citizen problem. If you're the type of person that you know follows instructions. You're sitting there forever saying, when are they going to tell me when to punch in the number? So usually I'll give someone instructions ahead of time and say, you know, when the automated voice just answers, just punch right on his face. Uh, you yeah, know. like in the normal menu when you just hit zero. I right. don't want to talk to somebody. Right. Just hit zero. Yes. Don't listen to the other stuff. Yes, or please. Nine. One of the two. Speak to a representative. Yeah, I thought I was just getting old, you know. <laughs> so We're both getting old. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, well, we made it through. We made it through. I'm so grateful, yeah. as always, not only to you, Benny, for bringing such cool guests on uh, and to the, the North Fork, but uh, for doing so for such a good cause uh, on Saturday, tomorrow. Um, I, I imagine, will you be performing as well, Benny, or, or just, just Andrew? We do. <clears throat> My partner and myself go up there, uh, Jim O'Doherty, he, he co produces with me. Uh, we go up there and we we make fun of some local stuff at first, so we kind of warm it up. Oh, I love talk that. a little bit about uh, North Fork life a little bit and take a couple shots, warm it up a little bit, and then we let these guys uh, come in and do their thing, which we're so we're so grateful that they uh, to import them from the city that's like Siberia so far away. You know? <laughs> import us. It's that's that's literally that's North literally Fork. what we say when we bring someone from off off island as we refer it to. We definitely refer to it as importing. So so Andrew Kennedy and I'm really excited uh, to ask you a few questions, but. Uh, you you said guys, are there more performers tomorrow night? Yes, yes, we have uh, uh, Ra, uh this you know uh, young Korean girl from Miami who's moved to New York. She just won the New Faces of Manhattan Comedy Festival uh, first prize. She's she's making a lot of moves. Very funny young lady. We got Kevin Bartini from the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. He's going to be hosting. It's a you know it's a, it's a smorgasbord of talent topped off by the <laughs> wonderful Andrew Kennedy, who I've known for many years, and I appreciate uh, really coming out and, and doing us all a solid. You know, I appreciate you in, asking me. You know, I really do. <laughs> my dude, <laughs> my dude. <laughs> so Andrew, I was I w- uh, no, I, this is going to be a wonderful. This is going to be an amazing show. I guarantee that. Yeah. 
obviously yeah. the cause is phenomenal. Right. So, and, and just hearing the That's lineup, win. very exciting. Uh, CastNorthFork.org to get tickets and find out more. So, so Andrew Kennedy, Colombian-born uh, comedian. Your mother is Colombian. Your father is British, yeah. British-American. Off the bat, uh, what are... What are yeah, not British American. Uh, British, 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 English. Like, uh, liver, went to high school, the same high school that Paul McCartney went to. So, huh? full British. He's he's no longer with us, but he is here in spirit and in the stories that I tell. Oh, so, so I have to know. My mother's a tiny little Colombian woman, and my father was a funny, duddy Brit. So the, the first question I had <laughs> was... I was totally white. What are, what are the most important lessons you learned from your parents? But uh, since your father is no longer with us, let's... Let's focus it in on on dad. What's the most important uh, lesson aside from from grammar that your father taught you? <laughs> you know, you know, just to be funny, this is how British he was. He taught us as young men to wash our hands before we went to the bathroom. You've got to wash them before and after. Cleanliness is next to godliness. No, so my father just told us to do the right thing. Don't steal anything, you know, be a good person, be kind. And, uh, and, and he, he was a character and I'll share with, uh, with people stories about him as well as my mom. And, uh, and it's going to be a lot of, a lot of fun. You know, I'm, I, I love the fact that, like you mentioned, you're, you're Hispanic, but you're very white and you use that unique access point uh, to promote and, and talk about diversity. Can you, can you talk a little bit yes, more I about do. how you do that? Sure. We live in a world where we make assumptions about each other based on our appearance, and more and more we're getting it wrong. So if you listeners can't see me, but imagine a heavier set Ryan Seacrest looking oh guy that's, that's half Latino and grew up in Colombia, Puerto Rico, Venezuela. So I'm, I'm full Latino. It's in my blood. My great-grandmother was half black. I, I talk about all of that. And so but I just don't look like that. And uh, so I promote diversity by allowing us to understand that we're all very different and wait for somebody to open up their mouth before you make assumptions right. on anyone. Do you, do you think, so. especially, I feel like uh, it's so important uh, right now to talk to uh, folks who might be a little bit ignorant when it comes to, to racial issues and whatnot, uh, have you found that you're able to open minds uh, where uh, others might not be able to? Absolutely. And it's happening because more and more it's in, it's in our reality. For example, when I first started going on cruise ships, there would be very few mixed families, very, very few. And more and more, I'm seeing more and more mixed families where uh, where it's becoming more normal to see a black mother with a white father or a white mother with a black father, and then the kids kind of either look like one of them or none of them, and they're both the parents, and it's not something that that like uh, startles anybody or surprises anybody anymore. Right. So, And when you're basing your comedy on facts and your life and your truth, and you understand that it's coming from a place of love, that's how you get people to appreciate it on a next level because it's not jokes uh, i'm a storyteller it's all based on my life and as you hear my story you come to realize why i had no choice i had to be a comic i oh. had to talk about it i couldn't afford a therapist 
So I had to just <laughs> deal with this on stage. You know, so I I had a, a lot of a lot of fun. I had a, a psychologist come come on once, and I was talking about uh, you know dabbling in stand up, and I was saying something about oh I'm not I'm not an introvert or an extrovert. I'm an ambivert, and he was basically telling me that doesn't exist. And that, uh, you know, really? a, that the people that do stand up and whatnot are really just a- acting out their traumas, et cetera, in in a public <laughs> forum, that they're introverts forcing themselves into extroversion. And uh, I, I got very quiet and I, I thought to myself for the rest of okay. the day. <laughs> I am not one of those. I am, in fact, so I got remarried and uh, we're blending six kids. And the latest thing after me being away for for about three weeks, was my wife told me that her daughter shared with her that Andrew takes up so much space in 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 an energy sort of way. So I come and disrupt everything when I come home from the road, and it takes a while to settle back into things. So I am, I would say I'm not an introvert, and uh, right, and but you're right. You you kind of heighten and extend yourself on stage because you feed off the audience, which is part of the reason that I love doing this in front of a live setting. And so I'm really looking forward to tomorrow and seeing what the North Fork is about, because that's well into Long Island. And uh, this will be your first time. Bridgeport to Port Jeff. And I'm excited. And my wife's coming with me. We can't wait to have you. Can't wait to have (laughs) you out here. Uh, Very, very excited uh, to hear uh, about the amount of kids. And I think that's really interesting uh, talking about like um, transitioning back to like to being at home uh, versus being on the road on the stage and sort of uh, like adapting your behavior to to a different uh, environment. Yep. I guess that means like kind of uh, opening up and 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 being more of an observer and interacting with the kids and kind of putting them center stage. Yeah, you know, Journey did a song uh, faithfully, and it talks about, for them, musicians, uh, being on the road, and it's like you're in a circus, and then you come back home, and it's almost like you have to get to know each other all over again for a little bit. It, there's, a, there's a little bit of a, of a moment where where you just kind of reconnect. So I would think that if you're in show business, or one of the people is in show business, and you, you've been married for 10 years, you've really only been married for five years because you're not there all the time right. so it's a little dog yearish. yeah uh, and so life's a journey and i met my 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 first wife to have these three amazing kids and then i met my princess buttercup because she loved the movie the princess bride and my ex-wife did not should have known from the beginning oh see that's match. you should have known yeah no <laughs> literally from the beginning she hated that movie and that's what i told the judge when we were getting divorced your honor that momentous creature doesn't believe in as you wish. <laughs> you went inconceivable. And yeah. that's it. And you keep on saying that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Uh, so excited. That's Andrew right. Andrew Kennedy. Inigo Montoya, my favorite. <laughs> you yeah, killed my father. I do not think it means what you think it means. Are there rocks no, ahead? I am not this courage. Yeah. <laughs> if they are, we'll be dead. Uh Andrew, before I, I got, I got to ask you about your mom now because what? Where's mom? Yeah. What's what she? What's she up to? Uh, tell us everything. Mom is visiting right now from Galera Samba, Colombia, which is about forty-five minutes from Cartagena. 
and she's been here for two weeks. She stays with us for two weeks. Then she goes to Fairfield County, Ooh. Connecticut, and stays with my brother. Oh. Yeah. And uh, so she's been cooking every day. She's 82 years old. She doesn't like to visit because she cooks all the time. In Colombia, they cook for her. You know, she's got maids and all these other people taking care of her. But we love her food so much. So she, so she's with us now. And I did a show in, in, in Hartford. And at the end of the show, I brought her on stage. Oh. And I think that was the highlight. I'm telling awesome. you, it was awesome, DC. I mean, that and the best, she didn't man. have to say anything. It was the best. It's, I've never done it before. And it was you know, and it was I videotaped it. I had somebody videotape it, so it was beautiful. We don't That's get the complete opposite of my my dad. Actually, finally came out and heckled me. Got drunk in the back. <laughs> <laughs> you have you had a wonderful movie experience. I had I had the drunk dad in the back. <laughs> but you know what? It's it's funny because that seems equally valuable to me. I I I, I yeah, like the sure. I like the idea of both because. Uh, you, the the experience with your dad is like that's hardcore. Like where where it comes from, I imagine. Hard love, yeah. Teaching you, you know. He did it because he loved you, DC. That's why he did it. <laughs> he knew you could handle yeah, it. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was. You know, we take shots at each other all the time. He just brought it. You know, he brought it to the to the heavyweight <laughs> the ring <laughs> to the public. So uh, Benny, now I got to know about you and your story, and and sort of uh, coming into uh, your comedianship. Well, you know, just to touch on what you had talked about earlier, we're talking about all the the diversity and all that, you know, which is what we're really trying to bring that to cast. Yes, you know, I so, noticed. So, be diverse, but funny shows, not just diverse, funny diverse shows. Oh yeah, and and you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's like I grew up. My dad, a Jew, my mother, German. So, I mean, <laughs> you talk about trauma. Like, they, they would literally have arguments. My mom would lock herself, uh, lock herself in a room and play German marching music. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I really had no... I was either going to be a comedian or a serial killer. Right. You know? uh, and, uh, These are and, the choices, and, you know, Benny. <laughs> well, this is where it all, you know, it all, it all comes from. My wife is black. You know, everybody... everybody some Puerto Rican, they're like Andrew Kennedy knows, you know, no one knows what I am, you know. So uh, it's it, all that. He's funny. That's what he is. But that, though, you know, you said you <laughs> say diverse. You say diverse, but funny. But really, for me, uh, from someone who uh, you know grew up loving loving stand up as well, I feel like that's what funny is. I I feel like I uh, find the the unique access because this is. You're looking straight into the brain of a person when you're watching stand-up comedy. And it's the fact, and that's what funny is, is getting to to really look at the differences, what makes us different, and what makes us the same. And the, the connection yeah. is what makes us the same is why we laugh. Yeah. So we might be slightly different, but we're laughing because we're connecting to what the person is saying. It's true. So, and things that a lot of us think about that don't, verbalize Benny. one of the nice things that i find sort of the, the 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 litmus test for a really great comic is that you can drop them anywhere in front of any audience and they'll take their personal stuff like andrew will talk about his family and it'll connect it doesn't matter if the audience is 100 percent irish or or albanian or whatever it is if you basically <laughs> speak the language there's be some connection there just through the universality of the humor and that's i i feel like 
with all the shows we've done at Cast, we've been able to to do that. You know, we've got really good, solid headliners, great comics, great acts. You know, Andrew, I've worked with for many, many years. I've seen him kill in front of just about any kind of audience you can imagine. You know, it's just, and and that's it's not the the specificity. You make it at uh, global, and he's a he's a master at that. And I'm I'm just uh, very excited for this show tomorrow. That uh, you know we have this this lineup, this murderer's row. Oh, it's of, gonna of it's gonna be it's it gonna really be fantastic. Is. You really you you're gonna have you're not gonna find a better show. And the feeling is mutual. <laughs> <laughs> Again, at the cellar, watching you know watching him. Uh, do his thing and kill and and he and I are similar in the way that we like to you know get into characters when we're talking about people we we kind of like turn into them as we're telling our stories so on a different level I've always appreciated DC's talent and comedy because I understand I understand him well I'm bummed I'm bummed I can't I can't, I can't be there I'll be at the uh, Southampton Arts Center for for their thing tomorrow no, but for for the folk for the folks that are going to be on the North Fork and want to see some seriously funny comedy, cast northfork.org for more information. An unbelievable honor, of course, to have you both on the program, DC Benny and Andrew Kennedy. I'm Gianna Volpe. We'll keep with hip hop for the next track. This is John Wayne passing fancies from the cassette on vinyl record of 2014, and you just heard the hot sounds. Segment underwritten by Sag Harbor Cinema, right here on Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Shell Station to let me keep his pen so I can write these <laughs> verses tonight. Aww. Much love. I'm feeling black holes pulling at my skull. 
They say I'm morbid, but I still have control. A moment never dull. Got a whole lot of enemies here, but none are serious to try to breach the hole. My voice lights and nullifies the skies from this gravity. A craft that I'll happily describe sans vanity. Everything's after the fact. I've never lived a day in my life without asking for it back. Time is short if you stay foolish. Choose the wrong crew and you'll be met on the moon With too few tulips, bluish, Neptune And still clueless, yet I shoot for the stars And the shoe fits A boy doesn't stand a chance amidst misdemeanors And vicious christenings like it's one or the other Middle ground would never sit with these Sometimes I wish I could forget to leave him breathless Said death, restless Souls resting on his necklace Bench pressed in purgatory Heaven in the stretches Coals burn my feet, leaving hell in the trenches Swag like Dante, never thought I'd say that, but sometimes words are just things for you to take back. Look back to see if you can mend a few bridges, only to keep yourself from on the bend of two hinges. Somehow avoids my ability on How people look all over for answers. You know, they look all over the place for answers. They don't even stop to think, gee, you know. Why don't I just ask the kid what's happening? You know, why don't I sit down and say, hey, how come you're doing this? Yes, yes, Always asking questions, looking for answers here on the heart of the East End. We've got uh, Coleman Wilson passing Zone Blues. Ten minutes before the NPR news break and the end of this edition of The Heart. Big thanks to our guests this morning, Christina Mosides Strasfield, DC Benny. Andrew Kennedy, as well as our underwriters, Village Overhead Doors and Sag Harbor Cinema, and you, the listener supporter of WLIWFM.
a trooper to bar dime, and he looked at me like I'd lost my mind. He said, you ain't gonna need no phone, you're jailhouse bound, you ain't going home. How is today the first time that I've heard Coleman Wilson? You tell me that. You know, as the years go passing by, I only enjoy doing what I do for you here on WLIWFM more. Little George Thorgood and the Destroyers in the final moments this morning. Deciding whether to send you into the NPR news break with Harry Chapin or Queen. We'll see how we feel in the final minutes here on The Heart.
All right, in honor of someone else who helps feed or set up an organization to help feed the food insecure here on Long Island, leading you into the NPR news break with Harry Chapin. The parade's still passing by. A little nod to the trade parade and those who plain old don't like it. It's not just the words, it's the deeds that are heard when all is said and done. You know the kings take their crown, they melt them all down, trying to get the gold out. You went to hell and even when you weren't sailing, you never ever sold out. You weren't no leader, you were more like a bleeder who was trying to cry for a song. You weren't no sage, but your sense of outrage sounded like a trumpet call. Fifteen years ago in the old folky show, you were just one voice in the crowd. But now with so few singing, your voice would have been ringing out. About twice as loud There but for fortune Say a small circle of friends Some may see the changes So few see the ends The pleasures of the harbor Have come to you at last You may not be marked anymore but the parade still going past. I don't know what just happened but have a great weekend my friends <laughs>